Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Good morning. morning. Hear me okay? Lovely. I I was just thinking that when I was... uh, down to preach about 18 months ago. We had the flood, didn't we? We couldn't get in. And when I preached in the summer, I think it was 35 degrees in here. It was the hottest day we'd had of the year. And I'm down to preach today, and it's about minus five outside. <coughs> Extremes. Extreme weather, extreme preacher. We are. Today we are finishing our short Advent series, and I'm looking at the subject of... Um, there we go. But um, I haven't got control anyway. I'll leave that with you. Um, expectation and preparation. So I just wonder what your expectations are for the next half an hour or so. I wonder what your expectations are. Dare I ask you if you would like to shout them out? Inspired you got the right week. <laughs> Double inspired. God will speak to us. Encourage. Blessed. Okay, thank you. Again, it's all about the Holy Spirit. It's not about us as individuals. You see, we're in a season now where we can be... Uh, overwhelmed with the preparation, yet there is that sense of expectation. And I'm really aware that today is a very, very busy day. So much going on. As we say later, this room is going to be completely transformed. What I'd like you to do, what I'd like to invite you to do, is to take a risk and just to lay all of that to one side for the next half an hour or so, or maybe two or three. let's pray Lord Jesus we we just love you so much Lord Lord would you enable us to fix our minds fully on you and just spend this precious window of time considering you and considering our response to your invitation In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. My beautiful assistant would... uh, This is Simon. Perhaps he'd like a round of applause. Thank you. Sounds to me like Simon's slightly more popular than Deb's. Uh, uh, Controversy at the clapometer. Anyway, here I have... My Christmas box. Nothing special about the box, but it's part of a prophetic picture which I believe the Lord um, showed me. Are you intrigued? Right. I would like you, in your mind's eye, to think of something that is bothering you, nagging you, or weighing you down. I'm going to let you have a little think about that, and then I'm going to invite you to picture in your mind putting 
that into the box. Because I believe that we can be distracted by things in our minds and we can sometimes miss what the Lord has to say to us. So I asked the Lord, I said, Father, what are some of the things that need to go into the box? I sensed the Lord say to me, there are some here today, you are overwhelmed with a sense of anxiety, financial worries and family pressures. And Jesus invites you to put that into the box. Others are battling with habitual sins. Put it in the box. Others are fearful about the future. Some, someone here is struggling with their neighbours. And there are a handful of people who are really worried about their health. I want to invite you to put that into the box. Because this isn't a trick. It's, uh, it is empty. <clears throat> this isn't a trick. And it's not mind over matter. It's just that I believe that we can hand over our justified concerns to our King Jesus. So let me invite you now, just in your mind's eye, just to put that issue into the box. I'm going to pray. Father God, we want to thank you that, that, that you are real. Jesus, thank you that you came and that you walked this earth a perfect life and you understand the trials and the challenges that we go through. And Father, we place our anxieties and our cares in this box before you as it was. And thank you that we can trust you because you have got our back. Amen. So I'm going to just shut that up now. So you've just acted out part of what we're speaking on today, preparation and expectation. Prepared ourselves by just laying aside um, our unwanted burdens. And I want us to be expectant for the coming of Jesus today. Because this is a season when we prepare to meet the baby Jesus, isn't it? And when a baby comes, it really does demand our full attention. But, but in another way, Jesus as a baby is not actually that challenging to us in, in 2022. We can feel much more comfortable keeping Jesus in his traditional place in the manger. But I really sense in my preparation that this Advent... The Lord wants to invite us, not just to meet a baby for the first time, but to meet the risen Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the invitation of the Holy Spirit is not for me to give you some clever new angle on the nativity story, but for us to prepare right now to meet afresh with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're going to look at Mark chapter 1. Verses 1 to 8. And again, I'd like to, you, to invite you to join me as we do this slightly differently. Thanks. Because I believe it's only the Holy Spirit who can teach us. It's only God's Spirit who can really touch us deep within. He is the one who can soften our hearts. So as I read the scripture, I'd like to invite you 
just to join me at the end of each verse, saying, come, Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Come, Holy Spirit. As it is written by the prophet Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. Come, Holy Spirit. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. Come, Holy Spirit. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Come, Holy Spirit. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to John and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Come, Holy Spirit. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist and he ate locust and wild honey. Come, Holy Spirit. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Come, Holy Spirit. I have baptised you with water, but Jesus will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I just invite you to close your eyes, and if you're comfortable, just to put your hands out, maybe in your lap. Father, we want to thank you that your word carries magnificence and power. Father, we thank you that your word can go into the very soul, the very heart of us. Jesus, we simply say, would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Be our teacher. Be our helper. Be our healer. Come, Holy Spirit. So briefly touching on the passage, we see in verse 1, it says that this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one, the Son of God. Friends, this is only the beginning. There is so much more of Jesus to discover. Now Mark affirms that Jesus is the Son of God. He pulls absolutely no punches at all. Jesus is who he says he is. And here we are over 2,000 years later, and I believe these words still bring a deep challenge and a demand for a response. Is Jesus who he says he is? Is he the Son of God? Now, tradition will tell us that Mark's gospel is a Simon Peter's blow-by-blow account of the life of Jesus. And Simon Peter, he experienced amazing things with Jesus, and yet still we, we read, this was only the beginning. And again, in verse 2, no, no punches are pulled by Mark when he draws straight out of the Old Testament and attributes these scriptures to John the Baptist and Jesus. He prophesied that John the Baptist would come to prepare 
the way for Jesus. Now, there is absolutely no way that I claim to be some big shot um, Old Testament prophet. But today, just in these few simple minutes, I want to help prepare the ground through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Prepare the ground because I believe that Jesus wants to encounter each one of us today. Today. But look where the prophet spoke. He didn't speak in a, in a big city. He didn't go to millions online. John didn't record a podcast. He wasn't interviewed uh, in front of millions on television. John was in the wilderness. A wilderness. It's a desolate place. It's an empty place. It's somewhere that holds hidden dangers and fears. It could be a very quiet place, a place of isolation, a place of extremes, and certainly a place where our minds can play trick on us, tricks on us. And a place where unreasonable perspectives can become overwhelming. And I believe for some of us today, we're in such a wilderness, a wilderness that may well not be of your own making, a wilderness of emptiness, fear, anxiety, bereavement, brokenness, disappointment, sickness, hopelessness. Don't worry, it does cheer up. I mean, let's be real, 2020 has really felt like a wilderness, hasn't it? It certainly has for me. Terrible wars, environmental disaster, political and culture, politics and culture shaken mercilessly and all on the back of two or three years of COVID. As I said in The Good Life, thank you very much, Jerry. God, dear. And for me, at times, it's, it's left me bewildered confused and vulnerable in all this shaking. But this is my anchor. I remind myself that Jesus does not change. Was it on Andy's card? Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Our God is a rock. The world shakes, but our God does not change. He alone is our anchor. He is our hope. He is our stronghold. I have and we can constantly run back to him. God does not promise to take us out of our troubles, but he says that he will be with us through them, guiding us, loving us, encouraging us. He does that especially through his word, the Bible. And this is the good news It's into such a wilderness that God today speaks hope and encouragement. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't only speak into the wilderness, but he comes himself. He cries out for us to return to Jesus. But we do need to return on his terms. You look at the scripture we saw in Mark. And people heard John's message. They heard the message from the wilderness, but they still had to take some action, saying sorry for their sins, for the mistakes they'd made by being baptised. Now, 
I've got to be honest, this is a bit of a tough one for me because I love the fact that God speaks and I love the fact that he wants to love me and care for me and forgive me. But I have to remember that first I need to humble myself, confess to him my faults and return to him on his terms. Would you like a shocking story? Simon and Keely aren't here today, so I can tell it. It's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> well, many years ago, um, I left a job. I'd been there for about six years, uh, um, and uh, I'd been issued a pair of work boots while I'd been working there. And I left work, and I just took the boots and didn't really think much more about it. And a couple of years, A couple of years later, one Sunday morning... Woke up and, hello, Jesus, I'm going to sit down and enjoy your word. And my back was killing me. I do not know what I'd done. I was in the most appalling back pain. And so I did what you should do. <laughs> I went and I prayed to the Lord. And I said, Lord, um, will you heal me? My back really hurts. And I was really shocked by what I sensed the Lord say to me. This may struggle with your theology, but the Lord said to me, I cannot heal you because you are a thief. Now, I was really taken aback. I was quite shocked. I thought, Lord, is, have I prayed with my hands the wrong way up? I mean, have I missed something here? I mean, I was, being, I was a good, faithful Christian. I was serving. I was tithing. I was leading worship, um, uh, trying to love people. This really threw me. But as I waited before the Lord, I suddenly saw a picture of these two boots and I knew immediately. Got up, I wrote a little note, I'm so sorry. I didn't sign it. <clears throat> Put a load of money in an envelope and on our way to church, I posted the envelope. Probably hasn't got there yet because of the strikes, but, uh, <laughs> but I post it. I got to church about three or four minutes later and all the pain had completely gone. It was remarkable. Now, please hear me very carefully. I am not saying if you're in a wilderness that you're a thief or you're some terrible sinner. I'm not saying that at all. But we need to see from the Bible that God speaks to his people in love in the wilderness. And yet sometimes there is still, we still need to make a choice or make a response to humble ourselves on God's terms. The theologian John, Scott, he, uh, John Stott, he wrote this. He said, truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. But love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. So I really don't want to sound harsh at all. We need to come to Jesus on his, on his terms, based on his truth, because love does cost. It costs Jesus the cross. And also when Jesus healed people, he often asked them to do something. So there was a blind man. He told him to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So Jesus was asking a blind man to do something that he couldn't really do. But he had to step in faith. There was a man who was crippled on the ground. 
And Jesus said, get up, take up your your bed and walk. There was a man with a withered arm and Jesus said, stretch it out. So even in his love and compassion, the way that I, I can't grasp with my mind, Jesus asked someone to do the impossible in their place of weakness and vulnerability. But he loved them. He healed them. He was for them. He wasn't trying to trick them. So part of my prayer, the preparation is, is that if, if you just allow the Lord just to speak into your heart, is there anything you just need to tweak? Is there anything I just need to put right? And then just see what the Lord says to you. If there's nothing, great, no pressure. But John the Baptist, I mean, he was a pretty stunning preacher, wasn't he? Good diet too. But notice this. John the Baptist could only take people so far. John was not the Messiah and he didn't claim to be the Messiah. And despite his growing popularity in people's eyes, he he, he still declared that he was not even worthy to touch the shoes of Jesus, covered in dust, covered in manure, covered in dirt. I'm not even worthy to touch the shoes of this amazing God. Now, I was privileged to be around in the 1980s and 1990s during some pretty significant moves of God. And as as was my way, I used to chase around the country to go and hear famous Bible teachers, international healing ministries, prophetic speakers and all of that, go to these massive halls, town centres, etc., for these huge uh, meetings. And I really, really hoped that I would get sick before I went to these meetings. Have you ever been there? Oh, mm-mm's coming. I really hope I'm sick so I can get prayed for. And I would queue for ages, <clears throat> elbowing fellow Christians out of the way, <clears throat> in love. And I remember in the old days, there always used to be a great long healing line, wasn't there? There's was a great long healing line. And I would lovingly get right to the front and in the middle. <clears throat> and uh, However, there was a slight problem. Because the world-famous international Bible teacher and prophet and prayer minister would come down that side and start praying. And then the dreaded students... And people learning their trade were coming the other way. <clears throat> and I used to stand in the middle, longing for him to get to me before they did. <clears throat> time after time, I got prayed for by enthusiastic students. <laughs> and I was gutted. Pretty big names as well, and I, I won't say who they were. But you see... There was something that I didn't realise. There's something I didn't get. I think a few of us have been there. Actually, I didn't need a touch from that world-famous Bible teacher, that amazing woman, minister, whatever. I didn't need that. Actually, all I needed to do was to get to Jesus. It's so simple, friends. It's so simple. We just need to get to Jesus. And folks can help, and there's some fantastic teaching out there and so forth, but we just need to come to Jesus. We don't have to go through anybody. 
Be encouraged. Jesus just loves you so much. He's not giving you hoops to jump through this morning. We just simply give him our sin, our bad stuff. Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. We turn around and we're just welcomed into his loving arms. Let his arms envelop you. Let his loving arms heal you. Preparation, expectation. Now, last year I had the privilege, and it is a privilege to speak. I have to tell you, it is a real privilege. But I spoke uh, during Advent on Anna and Simeon. Anyone remember that? (laughs) And we saw these two probably elderly people um, who were constantly preparing themselves, and Simeon especially was expectant to meet with Jesus. Now, Anna had experienced tragedy early in her marriage, and despite being a widow, she had served God for decades. And Simeon, as we saw, he had this promise from God that he would not die until he had met Jesus, the the promised Messiah. So probably as an old man, he would come regularly to the temple with expectation. But I wonder, what did he expect to meet? Who did he expect to meet? Did he expect Jesus to be a warrior? Strong, tall, handsome, dressed in armour and ready for battle. Was that the Jesus he was expecting? I don't know. But what did he end up finding? A little vulnerable baby handed to him by two teenage parents. This world is very busy and very overstimulating. But like Simeon, we can ask the Holy Spirit to open our spiritual eyes to see beyond the natural sense of what God is saying and where he is leading. Now, as we've heard over the next few days, this very auditorium is going to be completely transformed. It's going to become alive into a winter wonderland. There's going to be visitors, guests, members of the community coming in to receive gifts and receive Love. People are going to be hosting, have been doing lots of knots of administration, phone calls, lifting, carrying, delivering, hoovering, donating their Christmas tree. Who's been involved in any of those things? <clears throat> I see that hand. <laughs> okay. Let me encourage you. In all the joyous hubbub and organisation of the next couple of days, please, please look beyond what you see with your natural eyes. The Holy Spirit will be giving you insight to give a kind word, insight for a kind gift. Do not be so busy with all of the practicalities which need to be done that you miss Jesus standing in the shadows. I sense it's not just, oh, we had a great conversation with that lady and it was wonderful. I believe God is going to be doing some very specific things. Open your eyes, open your heart. I know what it's like. I used to run a centre like this and it's so busy and everybody wants a piece of you. Do not miss 
I believe God is going to be doing some very special things, things that may not even ever be recalled from the front here. So in this famous nativity story, we we hear about the shepherds. We love the shepherds, don't we? Watching over their flocks by night. Now, shepherds were very, very low on the pecking order. They were looked down upon, they were despised, and they were smelly. It's in the Bible. (laughs) I don't think they had any expectation at all of what was about to happen to them on that Christmas night. Same old sheep, same old men gathering around the fire, moaning and complaining about their working conditions and pay. And then the Bible says, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Thousands and thousands of angels were singing and glorifying God. Wow. (laughs) Bang, crash, wallop, God broke straight in. To the humdrum. He broke into the everyday lives. He broke into the ordinary, the disappointing, the downtrodden, the I've got a rubbish job, the I've got a rubbish marriage. Jesus, uh, sorry, the angels came bang crash right into the centre of that situation. To these people that were just rejected. Thousands of angels. And very shortly afterwards, These people with no expectation except I'm rubbish were kneeling before the king of kings, the creator of the universe, the one who created you and I and formed us in our mother's womb. Friends, that is our God. That is our God. He comes to the broken. He comes to the lost. He comes to the downtrodden and he welcomes them into... Wow. Wow. God doesn't do things the way we think he's going to do them. Is God going to rend the heavens and come down today? I don't know, probably not. But I still believe that even as I speak, maybe your heart's beating a bit fast, you're thinking, hmm. Or as it said of uh, John Wesley, maybe your heart is being strangely warmed. I believe that's the spirit of God. Now, your mind will kick in and go, oh, that's emotion of the moment and I'm being manipulated. Well, okay, but maybe, maybe at last, maybe at last today is the day that I, we can actually do business with this wonderful Jesus. Maybe he has chosen today in the midst of all the busyness. This is when I want to do my work and deal with your heart. So, that's it. So that's everything sorted. Is there anything else that you can think of that's outstanding? You can shout it out. What's outstanding? It's the box. I won't pick on you, but can I ask you, how many people... In their mind's eye, put something in the box at the beginning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Simple question. Would you like it back?
oh, well, goodness, I thought I was going to have to be rhetorical. In my preparation, I thought, oh, I don't know how, what I'm going to do there. No, we don't want it back. Okay. <clears throat> I did ask Martin if he could go and find a brick. And bless his heart, he went out in the cold and tried, but we couldn't find one because of the amazing prophetic word June had earlier about taking the brick out of the wall. Can I dare to be honest? We're friends, aren't we? It's not like people around the world can watch this. When God first showed me this picture, um, I really struggled to put what was troubling me in the box. I'll be honest with you, it took me a week. I know I'm a fairly intense person, but it took me a week. So, if you didn't put anything in the box, that's okay. This isn't a game, it's not, you know, a competition. Jesus understands where we're all at. But I believe that Jesus offers us a solution to the things that are concerning us, to the worries and anxieties and issues. And I believe that Jesus himself is the solution. So I want to show you what I'm going to do, if you don't mind. Strange as it sounds, in the 21st century, the cross is the only way, friends. It is only the cross of Jesus. We can leave our burdens at the cross of Jesus. He is always with us in the storm. And he promises that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Jesus went to the cross, a perfect sacrifice, and he died on the cross. But here is the most wonderful, fantastic news ever, even at Advent, is that the Bible says that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he appeared to many disciples, and then he ascended to the right hand of God. And when he ascended to the right hand of God, at that point, God poured out the Holy Spirit upon us. The Bible says it was for the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross, despising its shame, that he might bring many people into his kingdom, that he might have relationship with us. What did the angel do? He announced tidings of great joy. I'm not very good at joy. I tend to quite like the down stuff. But, and I've been asking, Father, would you fill me again with your joy? Because the Bible says, in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. And I believe the Lord wants to give us joy this morning. We're not going to sing a happy, jolly song. We're not going to stir it up. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit 
to minister to each of us. Let's just pray. So, Father, here we are. Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. You would show Jesus to each one of us in a way that each one of us can grasp and understand. Spirit of God, I pray that you would pour out on thirsty ground. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Just so grateful for Amy preaching the sermon before we even started today. God is the one who breaks the walls. But give him that first brick. Love and opportunity to pray for people to be filled and refreshed with the Holy Spirit. So if you would like to be filled and refreshed with the Holy Spirit, just ask you if you're able to stand. If you're physically not able to stand, that's okay because the Lord understands. So if you'd like to stand, we're going to pray. (coughs) Father, we want to thank you so much. That in your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, Jesus, that you have taken away all the accusations that were laid against us and you have nailed them to the cross. And Jesus, I thank you that we can come now. We can see you, Father, like the prodigal son's father, running towards us. And we come towards you and say, Father, here I am. All I can offer you is myself. So, Father, pour out your spirit, I pray. Flood us with your spirit. Those watching online, flood them, Father, with your Holy Spirit. Minister your life, your power, your healing. God of the breakthrough, do your work. Spirit of the living God, breathe. Now just breathe in, breathe in as if you were breathing in the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.org.